Support for Waveform comes from Anthropic. So looking for an AI solution for a business, it might be time to check out the Claude 3 family from Anthropic, your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. So whether you're powering a customer chat experience or doing complex R&D or need advanced analysis, Anthropic can help provide you with frontier intelligence. So if you're looking for speed, power, or anything in between, the Claude 3 family offers AI models for a variety of tasks and budgets. Join the thousands of enterprises who use Anthropic to navigate this new frontier. Visit anthropic.com slash Claude, C-L-A-U-D-E, today. Jumpstart your genius with Claude 3 by Anthropic. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. What's going on, people of the internet? Welcome back to another episode of the Waveform Podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Marquez. And I'm Andrew. And this week we've got another uh, EV heavy wave, wave episode. Form, yeah. Just because that's a lot of there's a lot of that going on, and we kind of want to talk about some of that stuff. But first, we we should have a moment of silence for someone special that we all know and love. We all knew him at some point, and I think we all had various experiences with them. Some may have been positive. Some may have been forgettable, in this, but... In this moment of peace, let's remember the good. Because they were around for a while, and we, we can celebrate the fact that they had a really impressive prime. Historic. Historic. We haven't mm-hmm. seen a prime like that since since the beginning, honestly. So, at 27 years old, um, Microsoft ended support for Internet Explorer yes. today, on Wednesday, June 15th, as we record this. Uh, no more security updates, no more software updates, no more patches. If you are still using it, I guess it theoretically might still work. Yeah, but if you're stop. still using it, you probably don't care about <laughs> security stop. patches or anything. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, but let's just take a quick couple seconds to eulogize Internet Explorer. The number one Chrome downloader of all time. N- number one of all time. Easily. Yeah. Um, now, yeah. I saw a chart actually just the other day. I'm going to link a tweet. It was a... Well, not a chart. It was an animated chart yeah, yeah. showing the market share of different web browsers over time. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, Netscape is kind of dominant for a while. Yeah. Internet Explorer comes up. Internet Explorer, I didn't know this, but in like the early 2000s, got to 95% market yeah, share. Yeah, it was in 2000, I think it was like Q2 2004. Talk about 95. blowing a massive lead. That is, <laughs> what, what a lead. That's one way to look at what it. What a I lead guess. Microsoft had in web browsers. And, you know, Firefox is on the come up for a while. I think they got as high as 20-something percent. Did they? Which is higher, actually, than I expected. It seemed like there was a big three for a while. There were people on Safari, Firefox, Internet Explorer. So Chrome, I guess, sort of erupted and became the number one. But that was what I saw on a lot of computers. And then Chrome, you know, is the dominant one now, but nowhere near 95. 95 no. is crazy. I think Chrome is at like 80, something like that. And that's like, if you consider, if you're doing um, like 
all devices, it's because it's on so many Android phones. It's the default. So like True, that's yeah. also why Safari's up there really high as well. Safari, like, every iPhone uses, well, not everyone, well, but everyone same, comes with Safari. Exactly. And that's why Internet Explorer was so Windows like that. I mean, there's probably will still be people using Internet Explorer for a very long time, but I think Internet Explorer did a great job at raising its kin, Microsoft Edge. Yep. Microsoft Edge. I know there are a lot of fans out there. I think most of us had already like picked our browser loyalty of choice. So maybe we're not edge users, but I've ha- heard a lot of good things about it. So let's hope it has a similar historic uh, lifetime. Like uh, it, it's yeah. uh, the competition's parent. Good, yeah. Good competition. Yeah. Appreciate you. I- but yeah, that's it. Uh, goodbye, Internet Explorer. I think we need like a, <laughs> what was it? 1995 to oh, 2022. Yeah. yeah. 2022. Good job. Um, okay. I have on here a little story time to start the podcast off today. Okay. Um, if anybody follows us on Twitter or watches the video podcast, may have realized last week looked a little different. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, to start this off, Adam was on vacation last week. We all love Adam. He deserves a vacation. We will never let him go on one again after last. <laughs> um, but so pretty much in the process of the podcast, which was actually a pretty intense one because we went to WWDC, we flew out, got back Wednesday. We had a virtual interview with um, two Apple execs. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of different things going on. With Adam gone, I was in charge of editing the video portion of the podcast last week. Now, being someone who's not very good at Final Cut and a previous Premiere user and someone who hasn't edited at all in like two years, I was feeling okay going uh-huh. into it. Um, and brought everything into Premiere, had everything lined up. Ellis was doing all the mixing of the audio stuff while I was doing all the cutting and the um, the camera switching, and that was all feeling really good. I was feeling really confident, and we were like really, really on pace to get everything out on time on Friday. And then we export the first cut for the audio stuff, and because then after that I had to add B-roll and video ads and such like that, and there's this like crackling noise, and uh, I'll... We'll make sure we'll edit some of the crackling noise into this video so, so can people hear can that. hear what or this audio. Yeah, so people yeah. can hear it. Just like, okay, you guys have all caught on that we do extreme transitions. This one is just going to be Craig doing extreme transitions. Yeah, I think they saw how he got memed with the, um, remember him opening up the laptop. It drove me insane. It was really bad. And we almost didn't catch it, actually, because weirdly enough, wasn't on the timeline. And then after we exported it, it actually started playing in the timeline on Premiere. So in the export file and now on the timeline, I was listening to this crackling. I mean, it was just like constantly. That's that's my least favorite type of error, which is, and this happens in Final Cut 2 with mm-hmm. some plugins where it will play back perfectly on the timeline. And then you export the video and then the exported video, it messes up. It's like this has happened yeah. with like motion track things before, or oh, I'll, add, yeah. I'll add like a sensor over a license plate and it tracks the license plate around the frame. And then I'll export the video and then it'll track like the car tire around the frame and the export. I'm like, that that's not what you showed me on the timeline at all. So it's even more hard to fix something like that. I remember you doing um one once where it was, yeah, it was like a, a lower third somewhere describing something. And then rather than it going like, horizontally, it went vertically in the yeah. export. And then on the timeline was totally fine. But the export part. So you're like, how do I fix this? Ex- on yeah, the timeline, do, you- do I just make it look ridiculous on the timeline and then it mm-hmm. looks perfect in the export, it's weird. Yeah, yeah. so so at first, uh, Ellis and I are like looking over this. We hear the crackling. We're 
trying to figure out what's going on. It's not playing. If I closed Premiere, it would stop playing in the timeline, but then it would still play in the exports and then eventually come back in the timeline. Um, we were changing different audio codecs. We were changing like all the different ways to export it. We were exporting it in video, even though we only needed the audio. We were bringing it into media encoder. Nothing, nothing, nothing. I think I have 30 plus exports on my <laughs> desktop and in my trash right now. Um, and we just could not figure it out. So eventually we thought there are, there are two solutions to this. Run it through this decrackling um, filter that Ellis had, or I was going to bring our roadcaster, our audio interface in. I was going to plug my computer into it and play it in real time into the roadcaster to create because another the timeline clean recording. Was exactly. Wow. So we went with the decrackle um, filter. It sounded like very, very, very close to being right. That's what we actually wound up bringing into the audio on Thursday night, bring it back Friday morning, try and bring it in. So I actually took the export and the clean audio, brought it into Final Cut. And before I added the clean audio, it was fine in Final Cut. The export from Adobe was working with no crackles in Final Cut. Oh, so you'd play it back like in QuickTime or something and hear the crackle. Yeah. But when you imported that exact file into Final Cut Pro and play it back on the Final Cut Pro timeline, no crackle. No crackle. Yep. So I think we have it fixed. And then I export it from Final Cut and the crackle's there. Yeah. Wow. I, this was like the most infuriating 12 hours, I feel like, that I've experienced in a while. Yeah. And I, it wasn't in the raw recording. No, no, it was not in the raw so recording. So you just, the game is trying to find where that crackle was introduced. At yes. what point? It was very hard. Eventually, what we came down to, Ellis dove into my Premiere project while I was trying to fix everything on a different computer so we could, because like, if you watch the video podcast, it was like four hours late on Friday. It was pretty late. But um, so what happens is our audio interface drifts a very small amount. But when you're recording 45 plus minutes, you have to fix that. Mm -hmm. So I do a, a speed change to the audio by a very, very, very small percentage. I think it's playing back at 100.012% to fix that. And there's a button on there called match pitch or uh, like right. adjust for pitch. Right, because when you speed up audio past a certain amount, you'll notice it starts yeah, getting exactly. chipmunky. So, and you slow it down and it drops. To me, that felt like an extra thing to press to mess things up, right? Uh, like, why would I trust Adobe in fixing something mm -hmm. in that? And it sounded fine. And then Ellis turns that off and everything works perfectly. And that was it. Um, wanted to tell the story here because I tweeted about it and I had dozens of tweets of people having similar issues um, with some really, really wacky solutions. One was to take, put a blanket audio transition over all of the audio with a two frame crossfade on it. And people said that worked. And that felt like one of those super hacky, dumb things that should work when it comes to video editing. I'm yeah. sure if you edit video out there, you've encountered something like this before. Oh, there's all kinds of weird hacks that work sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I just wanted to tell this story because if there is one person out there that listens to this and has this issue in the future. Try that checkbox. If it solves that, I will be happy and will feel like I accomplished something in this world. I've had some of the craziest, like, weird, annoying bugs. I remember back when we had the Trashcan Mac Pro, um, had an export that, and th this, is, this is always the game, like you get to a certain point and something breaks. Mm -hmm. So this was an export where I would, I would get like halfway through rendering the whole thing in Final Cut Pro and then it would freeze and stop responding. Mm -hmm. And I'd be like, okay, 
So that means there's something somewhere in the video that is making Final Cut Pro freeze and stop responding. And one by one, I go through and I remove all the plugins and I remove all the titles and I remove things and it still doesn't make it through without freezing and responding, stopping responding. And so I'm trying to figure out like, this is again, this is also one of those embargoed videos. So it's like, oh. it needs to be live by tomorrow at yeah. 9 a.m. or it's, yeah, not gonna work. So long story short, I remember moving files from this computer to the main gear to try to edit it in Premiere or at least take that file, export it again in Premiere and take that new file back into Final Cut Pro to edit it. Uh, so we were round tripping all kinds of stuff. I, I, re I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. It finally we we did eventually make it work, but it was quite hacked, quite hacked. That sounds like so, I, yeah. I've had that before where I can see where it's messing up in the export, so I had to take that video clip and turn it to ninety nine percent opacity in Final Cut. Weird. And then that you know you you don't notice that difference at all. Right. Right. And then cruise right through it like nothing ever happened. I did have recently though on the Mac Studio. Um, cause this machine has been crushing, not wood. Mm -hmm. There's no wood in here. There's oh, no God. wood. So, um, <laughs> next upload will be a little late Yeah, for sure. No, it, it, uh, it got like, you know, 25% into the export and then crashed. And I was like, oh no, something's wrong with this, mm -hmm. this, this project file I've been building. I open it back up and the error message, basically it tells me the exact timestamp of what it got to when it crashed. I went to that, found the plugin, deleted it, did something different there and export worked perfectly. And I was like, hmm. wow, tech, when tech works, it really works. But- That sounds fantastic. That, you know, that was the best case error message for me. That sounds great. So um, yeah, moral of the story here is we will never let Adam leave this studio ever again for the rest of yeah. my life. Sounds like it, sounds like You're it. You're stuck here. I will chain you to that desk. <laughs> Speaking of Adam, uh, let's do a quick trivia. We'll bring back trivia before we take an ad yeah. break here. Adam being gone meant trivia was on pause and I, I was wondering if people would notice. They noticed. And y'all noticed. And I also was kind of looking forward to doing trivia, so. I, I like how much everyone likes it because I love trivia Same. and I never want to stop. Same. All right, let's get it going. So the score right now, Marquez has eight, oh. Andrew has four. Just kidding, I hate trivia. <laughs> <laughs> I like trivia. First question. Yeah. When was Internet Explorer first released? Oh. Year or? Probably year. Year, if you can get the day, you'll get an extra point. That would be really impressive. Oh yeah, we yeah. don't answer. We'll okay. think about that for a minute. We'll be right back. Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, ArmorAll, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every 20 you spend on ArmorAll products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at ArmorAll.com. ArmorAll, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Support for Waveform comes from Coda. So it can be tough to stay organized when your team is spread across time zones. With Coda, you can help keep your whole team on the same page with an all-in-one collaborative workspace that brings together the best of documents, spreadsheets, and apps into one platform. That means less time ping-ponging between different tabs and tools and more time on your projects. So with Coda's extensive planning capabilities, you can stay aligned when managing planning cycles 
and while measuring objectives and key results. Plus, you can access hundreds of templates and get inspired by others in Coda's gallery. So over 50,000 teams across the world collaborate with Coda, from the New York Times to Square, uh, from Toast to TED and Uber. So if you want a platform that enables and empowers your team to collaborate effectively and focus on shared goals, you can get started with Coda today for free. You can head over to coda.io slash wave. So that's coda, C-O-D-A dot I-O slash wave to get started for free. Coda.io forward slash wave. Okay, welcome back. We mentioned there's a lot of EV news on this episode. A lot of it's pretty small though, and some of them were a couple new cars, new car teasers, I would call them, where we're kind of just seeing what they're going to be and what they look like, but not specs. So I just thought Classic. of a, a quick little fun game. I have three that just got announced. We are just going to rate them purely on aesthetics. Okay, before we get 10. into them, are they real cars? Yes. Okay. These are real cars. Um, ones that just recently got announced. Um, all of them have like kind of dates of when they'll... Actually, I don't even know if these have full-on dates of when they'll be out. But like that they're getting announced or fully... I feel like we have different levels of promises when it comes to electric cars. My favorite is the here's the date and here is the name, the look, the range, the spec, and like exactly what we're going to sell so that they can actually start taking your money. But then there's a level below that, which is like, we're a company, we're going to make an electric car, and it's going to look kind of like this, and that's all the details we have for now. These three three cars we're going to talk about here are kind of all of them. It's a legacy manufacturer, a new EV manufacturer that already has a car out, and then a new, new EV manufacturer. So all of these could or could not be, I guess, real, but I, right. th I think these... These threes, you'll know kind of what all of these are. Aesthetics. Um, so cool. we're going to quickly talk about what it looks like, some of the things you like about it, and then give it a one out of 10 rating, purely aesthetics, because we know almost nothing else about this. Cool. Sounds First good. one, Chevy Blazer announced it's coming out. So we already know the Chevy Chevy has the Bolt or the Volt. Okay. I always forget which one's the hybrid, which one's the EV. Volt is a hybrid. Bolt is the EV, okay. I think. So this is a an SUV, a like pretty regular size SUV. Uh, okay, I'm looking at this picture now we've got in the dock here. There's a red Chevy Blazer. So this is an EV? EV, yes. Wow, so it's got the fake grill going on. Mm -hmm. Okay, here's a here's a here's maybe a sort of a hot take on this. It uh, And this may or may not mean it looks good, but it kind of looks like a Lamborghini Urus. Wow. Look at the where's, front. Where's look Mach? The, look at the front he would splitter. would not like this. Look at the front splitter at the yeah. bottom. The way they're doing this like little hexagon shape it's, that Lamborghini does. It's got an aggressive look for an SUV. Just for the, sure. if you just, just, I I'm just covering on I the screen. I refuse to agree with you on this because I do not want to get torn in the comments. I already no. hit the no man's I'm, sky I'm stuff I'm covering the okay. front wheel and everything behind the front wheel and just looking at the front grill. Cover the Chevy logo. Just block everything other than the front splitter. <laughs> I a, will say you are onto something. Anyway, um, uh, no, I, okay. There's some things I like, mm -hmm. some things that uh, I don't like. Some things I like are the, uh, this is notorious for new EVs, headlight bar. So they've got a headlight yeah, bar right headlight across. Yeah, headlight straight across. And lit, this one, the lit up logo is part of that. I think that actually looks pretty cool. I don't think the Chevy logo is bad. Not bad. Uh, fake grill, but I think it looks okay. Again, mm -hmm. a little bit Eurus-like. Um, they've got the split two-tone thing going. So the car body is red and then the roof line and the B yeah. pillar and the A pillar and the sort of like fastback design. And the just top the part, roof. Yep. The roof is all black. 
Uh, I kind of like that. I like that too. The like uh, that. the Rav Four Prime I think has been doing that recently, and I think it looks really nice, especially when it's a good contrasting color. This is a red paint job with a black. Actually, it has like a black uh, trim along the bottom as well, so it's yep. kind of sandwiched. And it makes I think it the car good. for sure feel sleeker. That's one hundred sure, definitely intentional. And then the last thing for me is the wheels. So anytime I see a new EV, I immediately think, what are they going to do about aero? And how are the wheels going to look? And these to me look like normal wheels, which is a win. So yeah, solid. I am always wondering about that because they j they clearly want to ship with aero wheels because that'll give them the better efficiency or efficiency. But like, I always think regular wheels look better. So it's like, do you do your marketing with regular wheels? I think there's a lot of take cans that have like the non-aero wheels for the marketing, but then the aero right. wheels are probably what they want you to get. Yeah, and that's and it's different for everyone. Like the Taycan is sporty, so mm -hmm. they're they're a little bit less worried about like normal buyers getting the aero wheels. Where if you're getting like um like any you know like a Blazer or like a normal crossover or something like that, yeah, more mass market, you're gonna want to do efficiency over looks. So you just gotta sort of make something that people don't mind. Yeah, that's I, efficient. I will say something here. I'm the Chevy Blazer is an SUV that I really don't know much about. I think this looks way better than the concept and the models we're seeing for the Chevy Silverado EV. I think that looks terrible. I haven't seen too many of those yet. Yeah. But I like I the Blazer. Can, I think the Blazer looks really good. I think if the Blazer front grille was on the Silverado, it'd look the Silverado would look awesome. I bet it has a taillight bar. Can't see the back from this picture, but I yeah, bet there's it has only a, a front. Uh, I would bet that also. Yeah. All right. So uh one out of ten. Just aesthetics? Just aesthetics. For a Chevy, because I've seen some hilarious commercials <laughs> and Zebra Corner videos. This, to me, is a 7.5. I think I can agree with that. I almost want to give it higher because I I feel like I think lowly of Chevy because of the Zebra Corner videos. And, like, I think I'm ignoring, this looks good. I think I'm this ignoring looks really the good. rest of what I think about Chevy and the interior, and I can't see certain parts of the car, and I don't know the specs or the price or the range or anything like that. But mm -hmm. if I'm just looking at aesthetics, like, forget the logo, forget all that, it's a seven and a half. I think this looks, I'll give it an eight out of 10. There you go. I think if this comes out with 300 miles of range at a decent price, this could be a pretty it. sweet car. Yeah. All right. Um, we are going to go to Polestar 3 next. Okay. Um, so, so we this... all know the Polestar 2. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like a hatchback sedan. Um, this is their SUV version. So it is a little confusing because I ha we have their official image and then we also have what people have rendered out as what the front of it looked like because the um, official image is only profile of it. Yes. Um, but they basically, they also have shown off a, hmm. a front kind of three-quarter shot where, or a front like 45 degree shot with the like camo wrapping on it. So people have made renders of that right. based on it. So I think we're pretty close to what it will look like. Okay. Um, so Polestar, but, I, I actually really like a lot of what Polestar is doing and just like things about the company and the car in general. So yeah. maybe that I'm, I'm a little biased already, but looking at this, uh, this silhouette, the side profile, I really like it. It is a uh, modern, slightly sporty looking uh, crossover. So love the lights. Looks like it's a tail bar and a front light bar. So I'm already weak for that. Love that. Mm. Looking at the hood though, it's got this weird thing going on where the hood scoops down a little yeah. bit and has like a vented area up at the front with these like extra tall headlights. It's got like a headlights. 
like a rattlesnake feel to it where it's yeah. like the thick head that drops down a bit. Yeah. Yeah. It, that, I don't know what that's for, but I like it. I guess that's fair. where I'm at. I don't, fair. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at. Um, again, fastback design looks pretty good. You can see a little orange seatbelt in there. It's got the black plastic coming up from the bottom. Nice wheels. I like this one. I think I like these a lot. And with uh, Polestar being a company under Volvo, I believe, like, I think Volvo cars are great and people really, really like them and they're reliable and everything, but they don't look quite as modern. Uh, they've gotten better, but like this feels like a more modern Volvo and which is awesome because it's EV and clearly more modern. Yeah, the newest Volvos look pretty modern, but like they're the newest like There's, last few I years. I still would, compared to other car manufacturers, they don't look quite as yeah. quote unquote modern. I'm sure that's extremely subjective, but- Polestar's got it going on. This though. feels like the way more modern version of like, of. Volvo, which I love. I I love this. I Flush think this door handles. So nice. It looks awesome. Respectable looking aero cap wheels. That's giving, a really good point. Yeah. I'm giving this a eight and a half. I'll go nine and a half. For an SUV. Like for an I SUV. I think you have to consider it as an SUV. Like maybe this isn't gonna look as nice as like it doesn't a get much can. better. I'll I'll get to nine on this. Okay. I'll get to nine. I like it. Cool. I like and it. then the last one, which is the new company and one we've talked about a little bit, but our previous teaser image of this was a very, very dark shadow with like a taillight. So we have the DeLorean. Uh, the DeLorean. Mm -hmm. We finally have the full. Okay. This one is interesting. So we now see it's it really depends on which it has a good side i'll put it, it that way. i 100 percent agree <laughs> with that it has a good side and it's not the front yes um so looking at the back taillights are sick love the bars that's gonna look amazing dude the, the doors coming up look cool in that they have a light on them and that yeah. they fully open to show a front and back seat but the little the hydraulicness of it the the way they open doesn't look very uh, good. It doesn't look good. It also doesn't fold, it. so you're going to smack the car next to you instead of having like the folding. If Falcon I'm driving door. this car and coming out like this, I don't care. But Get like, out of my way. But I'm <laughs> just thinking, think of, though, think about all the other exotic car doors we see. Yeah, the yeah. spider doors, they go up, mm -hmm. right? The Falcon wing doors on the Model X, they fold so that they don't smack the car next to you. This is, this They're needs a fold. It doesn't have one. Uh, or you can, can just tell. park in the back of the parking lot, I guess. Yeah. I mean, no, just, you, if you drive this, you're going to have, like, you're going to have to think about that. Yeah, when you, you can't park, park next door. to another car. Um, but I agree with you. The back out of this, to me, is like 10 out of 10. I think it's so cool and unique and just looks so much like the old DeLorean. And then the front of it just feels, with the doors closed, too, feels very plain. But the proportions are are crazy too because it's a it's one huge door, so it's technically a two-door car, but it's a four-seater. Oh. So you're getting a massive door um and just the proportions look like a cartoon car kind of. It the, the, it's weird to not see a like door uh, like a seam down the middle, like a vertical seam yeah. down the middle where there would be two doors. That is very this also strange. feels like we were talking about is this a real car or not? Like there are there are no door handles as far as I can see. There are no yeah. uh, I guess there are mirrors, which is pretty good. The, the thing about this though is it's based it's based off an old car. So like you can still put old things on here and it'll look fit. Yeah. Essentially, but like you did make the front very futuristic looking. I mean, it was an old car that was supposed to look futuristic, but yeah. to me, the back looks like it could be thrown on the old DeLorean and fit well, where the front 
if you threw that on the old DeLorean, you'd be like, something is very wrong here. Um, yeah. It does have like a Taycan charge door though. Charge, right charge up port in front. door yeah. at the front. The wheels, the aero wheels, I am actually not a fan not of a those fan. wheels. I yeah, agree. Too many spokes. I'm not a fan of like the limousine 40 spoke wheels. So, they would look really good without the aero on it, I think. Yeah, but I'm just, I like less spokes. Maybe okay. because it's a sports car, I want that like five spoke, six spoke wheel type thing. Okay. So if I'm combining everything we're looking at here, everything we've talked about, the DeLorean from these images, I'm going to rate a five. Ooh, that's rough. I was gonna say like uh, six and a half with an asterisk that I would still immediately drive this car around and be super happy and know that everybody would be looking at Here's the it. Thing. And if I think you, that would be awesome. If you drive it fast enough, nobody ever sees the front of the car. They just see the um, flaming tire marks yeah, on exactly. the ground. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> thought you meant if you hit 88, no, you they just, just disappear into another. As soon as you come up behind somebody, they're like, what is that ugly car? You, you pull around, you drive in front of them. They're like, nice. Very Sweet. nice. Okay. Good looking car. Fair, fair. So just <laughs> speed out of your mind if you buy this car. It's the only answer. Okay, cool. So I think Pol- Polestar 3 wins here. Yep. Awesome. I like what they're doing too. They, I think all these look cool. I'm just like, in general, a lot of these EV cars are just looking really, really nice. And I like that a lot of cars that have been around for a while are getting these like little facelifts that look what really you, modern. I'm curious what, there's so many, this controversy about this, but what do you think about Tesla Model S silhouette? Model S silhouette? Yeah, I've only, I see two people, two thoughts on the S Model S. One, which is, this is such an old looking, an old body. It's been 10 years of the same looking Model S. Why don't they radically redesign it? And the other is, actually, it still looks really good after 10 years. Keep it, keep it, like it looks good. They've done uh, like minor facelifts along the 10 years, but it looks the same as it did 10 years ago. I think it looks, I still think it looks good. I think there's a lot of other cars out there that look better than it. Um, I think my favorite thing about the Model S though is when it first made that jump from that terrible like bubble reflective nose plastic cone. on the front to just going to like straight Hannibal Lecter. Like, that was good. The first time we really got to see no grill on a car, that was just this, this really, really cool new thing we've never seen. And I I wish more cars, though, were doing that rather than these fake grills. I think the Mach-E GT, so the sportier version of it, does it really well. They they do a body color nose instead of like the fake grill of the Mm -hmm. normal Mach-E. And that, to me, because there's like a papaya orange one. Yeah. It's got the like, yeah, the Hannibal Lecter going on. It's it's good. I like that. Uh, So shout out to the Mach-E. I think think a lot of them are doing good. Yep. Tesla Model S... Not my favorite in the world, but I still think it looks good. And I get why they're not doing really like any big things yet. Tesla's still like pumping stuff out like crazy. They're not, I am sure a few years down the road, we'll probably see them do like more of a redesign exterior. I, that's an interesting question. I actually don't think they will. You don't think they'll ever do? Not not okay, like ever, sorry. but in like a few years, a few like years. in the next five years or so, you think? I think it's going to still look the same. You're right. Years. They still need to do a Roadster and a Cybertruck before that. They've got that. a lot of other stuff to focus on, <laughs> so, so I think it'll look the same for a okay. while. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay. What do I have next on here? I have, oh, okay. We're going to talk about recalls here for a minute because there's a recall news headline going around right now that oh, God. is pretty brutal. Can I put uh, on my recall it? headline translator? I have not seen this yet. Well, we are going to just talk about recalls at the end of this, but we're going to talk okay. about the actual recall first, but I think we are both on the same page here. Yeah. For a minute. My um, recall translator. Yeah. Okay. So 
<laughs> the article reads that um, Ford Mustang Mach-E stopped sales for a dealer defect, um, and it is the car could fail to start or become immobile when in motion due to a battery malfunction. That sounds terrible, mm-hmm. right? Uh, we've all seen these headlines before, like recalls. I mean, batteries stopping while in motion sounds terrifying and potentially life-threatening. Um, it's affecting 48,000 cars. Um, that's almost half because Ford sold about 100,000 Mach-E's. Mm-hmm. Um, it affects cars anywhere from 2020 to 2022. So like, there's a very good chance you are, if you own a Mach-E, you're part of this recall. Um, good news here is um, there's two ways to fix this. There'll be an over-the-air software because it's a connector that overheats. So there'll be an OTA software update um, within the next month or next month, I believe it is. Or if you're really scared of it, you can bring it to the dealership right now and get mm-hmm. it fixed. So not that that bad. Yeah. But also kind of terrifying. Like if you have the Maki, you should be yeah. you should be nervous about this and possibly bring it in. But this is not the uh like this is not the thing in what I saw here that really made me sad and made me want to talk about it is a ton of people tagging people like Oh, how's your death box feel? Or like, yeah. oh, your car is going to explode. Oh, okay. blah, blah, blah. It doesn't have any issues or like this. And this to me is like, this is why I brought up the translator before. It's yeah. like, I, I think it all kind of comes from like, oh, these are public companies and we have to pit them against each other and like mm-hmm. see what's going wrong with one and what's going wrong with the other. So I'll see a headline that's like Tesla or Ford recalls 50,000 car- cars because of a problem where they could catch on fire. Yeah. And it's like when a layman reads that, they're like, oh, Sounds like 50,000 cars are like about to catch on fire right now. Yeah. Um, But I think really the way I understand this industry works is like cars are very complicated. They have a ton of different parts that come from a ton of different suppliers. And so a company like Ford will have a policy where if they make a car where they vetted all their suppliers and everything, they have a ton of different parts. But let's say the windshield wiper controller motor the mm-hmm. motor in the windshield wiper that actuates the windshield wipers is made by, I'm just making this up, Sony, right? Uh, they buy a bunch of those parts from Sony. They build the cars with them. Ford finds out from Sony. Sony goes, hey, Ford, you know how all those windshield wiper motors we sold you? It turns out uh, we've noticed that after a couple of years, like three of them had this issue where they couldn't like actuate the motor anymore and they're not strong enough. So we just wanted to let you know uh, you bought a million of them, so just just a heads up. And so Ford, for their policy, will now go, okay, we've sold you all of these cars. Anybody who owns this car that we've put this part in, we're going to try to fix this by doing what we can. Mm-hmm. And in, in many, many cases now with these new cars, it's like we're just going to actuate, we're just going to do a software update so that we know yeah. we can keep track of how many wipes it's done and we can just tell you when to bring it in for service, something minor like that. But like the headline goes out like, Ford recalls 100,000 cars because now you can't see while driving in the rain. And yeah. it's like, that's an exaggerated version of the story. Exactly. But they're doing the right thing in offering the fix the best way that they can. And that sorts of meets in the middle. But yeah, yeah you, you'll see crazy headlines all the time about recalls. I think, um, so what you just said there, it made, it made me want to look at how these recalls actually sort of work. So I did some very, very quick research. It's actually really, really simple. Pretty much there's the... Um, and I need to get this acronym right, NHTSA. And then there's also, um, th- this is all for the U.S. also. Yeah. Um, so either there's two ways you can go about a recall. Manufacturing company notices something wrong that they've seen in it. They can just issue the recall right away. And 
be able to mail all the cards, the owners that are affected by this, right? Get them to bring it in. I believe they have to offer a free repair for that mm -hmm. um, for life of the car. And then, or if there are enough complaints filed to the NHTSA, they can start an investigation and then they can force the car company to issue this recall as well. Sure. Um, this one that we're talking about right here with the Mach-E, Ford noticed this and didn't even go to the NHTSA to get investigated. They just issued the recall because things were happening. Um, but like you said, I think the headline issue right now is it's, re and maybe this is just because we're tech people and we see tech headlines more often, EVs seems insanely popular. And I don't know if that's just because we're tech or that's also because it's a new thing that's sweeping around and more stuff we don't know about. Mm -hmm. But like headlines for any EV recall are going to explode. We've seen a million yeah. of them with Tesla. We're seeing ones with Mach-E now. I'm sure there are going to be ones for Pulsar and Ionic 5 and EV6 that are coming out. And Rivian, I'm sure. I think already Zach, I don't know if they have a recall, but his like power bed cover isn't like mm. coming all the way in. Um, yeah. But like just to compare it to here, I just looked up the Toyota Camry, one of the most popular cars in the world, right? Yep. I looked if it had any recalls last year. I found that there's a power brakes recall that affects over 200,000 cars Jeez. that they issued um, where your power brakes might stop working when you're driving. Which, imagine that headline. Exactly. It's such an easy headline. It is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, cars have recalls. Every yeah. every car has dozens of recalls. I think my Impreza had four different ones that I yeah. got in the lifetime of using it. So. Yeah, it's it, not to say ignore recalls, but exactly. it's definitely just to say like, hey, read the headline with a little bit of a pinch of salt because you know that they're making a headline out of it yeah. where they, they actually have a story to pay attention to. And don't make it counter, uh, counterproductive by using that to now like pit yourself against because you're super loyal to one uh, company. Don't worst. use it. It was really annoying seeing stuff like that in yeah. there uh, in like... Twitter and YouTube and everything when this came out. It's because it, yeah. it happens to Tesla, it happens to Ford. It's going to happen to every single EV for probably the next 10 years. Yeah, I feel like I see that in the, that's the most like low level Twitter argument. I hate is it like, so much. Wow, these cars are such low quality. And someone goes, what do you mean they're low quality? And then someone links an article about like a recall over like cars potentially catching on fire. We're like, okay, I'm going to read this this headline again. The, uh, the car could fail to start or become a mobile wall in motion due to a battery malfunction. But you said it was from a connector. Yeah, so like connector, connector could fail if it overheats at any point. Wall in park, wall in the sun someday, or wall in motion. Let's pick the worst one and put yeah. it in the headline. So there you have it. <laughs> there you have it. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so stop being a fanboy online pretty much and moral of the story if you do if you do get a recall maybe actually check it out though because it could be important yeah if your car gets a recall my car has gotten a few recalls and i just went in and got service because i got a new tire and they just like fixed a bunch of stuff and updated this firmware I'm and all that so excited for over the air updates that's something i oh, have yeah, not I experienced yet and that's so cool that you could get a recall and then just get an update and probably never even know you had the recall and it just yep. fixes itself huge win that's really cool all right, let's do. A, let's take a quick ad break, but first we should do another trivia question. Trivia question number two: WebOS was the first mobile operating system to feature multitasking. What company wrote it? Easy. Shout out to Dieter Bohn. We'll be right back. Sponsor. 
support for this episode of Waveform comes from Gigabyte. There's a lot of talk out there about how AI is revolutionizing our world. Computers are writing newsletters, robotic bees are pollinating flowers, and a whole new wave of driverless taxis are popping up in cities all over the world. But how can AI power our passions and what we do for fun? That's where Gigabyte's AI gaming laptops come in. So their range of powerful and portable new laptops deliver cutting edge performance for anyone looking to explore the brave new world of AI powered gaming. So every 2024 Aorus machine comes equipped with the Gigabyte AI Nexus, which is like a central hub located with all the AI powered features you could hope for. So that includes super useful tools like AI power gear, which automatically throttles and extends your computer's battery life depending on your power source and usage. You'll also get access to AI Boost, which optimizes performance based on what you're doing in that moment, whether you're ripping through an FPS or running your own large language model. AI Boost automatically adjusts the GPU and processors to maximize responsiveness and deliver unparalleled efficiency. Lastly, AI Generator includes various generative AI apps for quick startup, and all 2024 Gigabyte models seamlessly integrate with tools like OpenAI and Microsoft's Copilot AI chatbot. But the Aorus 16X and the Gigabyte G6X take it to the next level with a dedicated Copilot key, allowing users to swiftly tap into productivity and generative AI capabilities. I also keep hearing AI is going to change a lot in the gaming world. Andrew, can you think of anything about that? Not just optimization, like you said, but like more personal optimization I could see happening where like maybe you're playing a competitive game like Valorant and you want higher FPS and lower resolution. Like you, you're okay versus like The Witcher where you might want 4K crispy resolution and like a lower frame rate. I think finding that between your computer specs and what you want might help out a lot. Nice. So all of the models that I've been talking about are available right now at oris.com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. So that's A-O-R-U-S dot com slash laptops slash gigabyte dash AI. Gigabyte. Team up. Fight on. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right, welcome back. <clears throat> uh, I just want to open this uh, final little segment with a horrifying statement that I could not afford to live alone with. So I'm making you all live with it too. Uh, in eight years, 90s babies start Why? turning four years old. Do you have to? Why I just are you want you to know now? it's real. It's real. Mm. And I, I just was reminded of it because I got a Twitter notification that somebody was mad at me for tweeting it. And so now I'm just sharing the love. In eight years, 90s babies start turning 40. Soak it up. I'll be 32 next week. It's not it so hurts. bad. It's not so bad. That's They say that's your prime, right? Like 27 to For 33 what? or something. Like your prime period. Oh, so now you're even saying I'm at the end of my prime. Well, no, no, no. That's the, you're, you're in the, just the window. You're just making so much worse. I'm not saying the window's closing. I'm saying you're no, in the you're window. No, you're definitely saying it's. you're basically like getting that last middle. foot out the door. <laughs> you're in the middle of the window You're right getting now. fired from the podcast because you'll be too you old turning, to talk about tech. If you were turning 35, I'd be like, you're out of the prime. Well, then I'm going to run for president. So. Oh, true. You, you enter a new prime. New prime. <laughs> okay. Anyway, um, we were going to, I was going to talk about actually this new, this this headline I saw, which is kind of interesting. It's a Kelly Blue Book 
can I call it a study? It was just a headline. So actually, no, it's kind of interesting what they do. They do a survey that they also compare with basically consumer shopping um, statistics, and that's how they form this opinion. So I think right. it's actually a pretty cool. It obviously is still a survey ran by a private company. So we always have to take that with a grain of salt, but I still found it very interesting. And they do have a good amount of data. So I found it interesting that they compiled this all. Uh, Basically, it all accumulated in the headline that one in four shoppers right now is considering a hybrid or electric car. Mm -hmm. And then there are certain requirements that people have for which one they're considering buying. Yeah, I think first thing we should talk about here is why we think. I think there's a Right now, two huge reasons as to why people are considering hybrid or EV. Um, gas price is insane right now. So I, I, I was just uh, hanging out with my family in Raleigh, and yeah. they're like, "Yeah, gas is crazy. It's up to like four fifty, and premium is actually over five. And I was like, "Yeah, actually, up in Jersey, where everything is over five. We're like just over five as the standard now. I see I think. a lot of five oh nine a gallon for a regular, and I see a lot of." 550 for premium. Mm-hmm. But guess what? I was in Toronto not that long ago. Yeah. And it was like $2 a liter, something like that, which I don't know, sounded cheap to me, but a liter is a fourth of a gallon. So it's like $8 a gallon in, in yeah. Canada right now. It's I actually crazy. think surprisingly in the US, we're one of the lower gas prices in the world. There I there are some crazy, crazy prices out there, but it's yeah. still, it sucks for everyone when you're used to something and it's it's really bubbled in the last couple months. Um, yeah. I know I was really close to spending the extra money on like a RAV4 Prime instead of my Forester. And right now I'm severely regretting that decision. So Kelly Blue Book, by the way, just, just to, in case you don't know, it's a website where you can sort of look to buy and sell cars. And because they have so much data, they're able to offer so much value for like figuring out what the value, this is kind of what they famously do is they can pin the value of a car at any point. So like, yeah. what's the Kelly Blue Book value of a car? That's what they're really good at. But if, they have so much data that this If is- you've been looking to like sell a used car, you've probably went on Kelly Blue Book to see yeah. approximately what the value, like starting point is. Yeah. So, okay. So top 10 most considered electrified vehicles. Number 10, Tesla Model S. So this is, that's a premium big four-door sedan. Yeah. Number nine, Ford Mustang Mach-E. So that's over Model S. And I see those all the time everywhere. I see a lot of them. And it's also, it's cheaper than the Model S. Like automatically, there's no surprise that's going to be a little higher than that. Yeah. Number eight, Toyota Camry Hybrid. I've owned a Camry Hybrid. I can vouch for a lot of people having those on the road. I mean, I think the Camry might be the most popular sedan in the US right now. Top three for sure. Number seven, Ford F-150 Lightning. So of course, F-150 is very popular. That to me says not just a lot of pickup truck buyers, but a lot of people in general are considering an F-150 Lightning. Mm-hmm. Lots of pre-orders in already. Great. Number six, the Toyota Highlander Hybrid. So the Highlander is a, what is that? A it's a larger SUV, SUV yeah. right? So the big one. Number five, Honda CRV Hybrid. I'm very familiar with the CRV. My parents have had one for a while. A very reliable little crossover type an, vehicle. Ins- another insanely popular, I think top 10 most send- sold vehicle in the US probably. Yep. So now we get to the top four. Number four, Tesla Model Y. Number three, Tesla Model 3. So now they're like, okay, what's the top two? Yeah. Two surprises me. Number two surprised me also. Number two, Ford Maverick Hybrid. So the Maverick, if you don't know, is a pickup truck. And uh, it's a little smaller, but the pickup truck hybrid version is apparently very frequently considered. 
Makes it, sense. I there are a lot of people who are really into this truck, and I I do think it is really cool. I I really dig it. It's very small. It's like even smaller than a Rivian, kind of similar to the Hyundai like Santa Cruz, I yeah. believe it's called. Um, and yeah, it's a little hybrid car, and apparently it's not easy to order one because they get sold out pretty quickly. It's pretty new, yeah. It's uh, but I do see them quite a bit on the road, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. But then number one is the Toyota Rav Four Prime. That is the most. I think. Well, it just says hybrid. There are two different ones, so I don't know if it's considering all of them as hybrid. Okay. The prime is the the plug-in hybrid where you can get like fifty miles of pure e just electric, and then there's just a regular hybrid version as well okay. that's not plug-in. So the Rav Four hybrid. Yeah. So yeah, thirty to forty thousand dollar hybrid crossover larger type vehicle for a lot of people not in the U.S. But yeah, that is the number one most considered electric vehicle it's for a lot of new buyers. One of those things. Where if you asked me that question, I wouldn't have guessed it. But when you see it, you're like, it makes sense. The RAV4, I think, is like the most popular SUV in the U.S. It's probably one of the most popular vehicles. I think it's like right after the first couple trucks and the Camry. It might even be over like the Camry or the Corolla. I think it's top 10. It's way up there. So, Um, yeah, I'm kind of I guess I'm surprised now seeing this list that the Camry hybrid isn't higher. Uh, yeah, I could see that. Um, the CRV and the Rav Four are kind of the same thing if you think about it. So I, yeah. I get why both of those are there. The Highlander hybrids pretty surprising, but I guess you need one of the larger SUVs to be on here, and a hybrid version of that's good. F one fifty's Lightning is funny because this is people who consider it, and like if you are considering the F one fifty right now, you're not going to have it for like three years because they have yeah. so many pre orders in there. Um, surprised to not see Rivian in here. Not all that surprised about Lucid because that's super expensive. I guess so is Rivian, but like... So seeing this list now, the only pure electrics on here are Teslas. And I think that's... Well, other than the F-150 Lightning. And I, I don't think that's very surprising to me as far as like when people consider actually fair. buying a car. They're like, okay, where can I charge it? How am I going to, you know, the road trips? That's a really good point. Do. So the Rivian is is really cool to us tech people. Kind of like a ROG phone is really cool to us tech people, but then Poor how many Rivian. of them are cross shopping it for real? Um, so, but then when you think about it like that, then I am just all the more impressed to see Model Three and Model Y that high up the list because they are still expensive cars and like yeah. they are still fully electric now, competing with hybrids that have been around for a while. So, if you're putting them in the same category, that's super impressive. They're everywhere. They are They're actually. Um, funny enough. They have a couple other things in this article kind of uh, comparing, putting these in like, they split it up into luxury and and to Mm non-luxury. So RAV4 Prime was the number one in non-luxury and just all together. But in just EV, Model 3 and Model Y were the most often shopped. And they were still in top five of just luxury vehicles, whether it was EV or not. So that's still crazy i mean those two cars are just wildly wildly popular in the u.s luxury is just a price bracket i believe so yeah okay makes sense yeah no i'm seeing them everywhere so shout out to the uh rav4 hybrid for being <laughs> considered considered yeah by most people buying something new. um so this whole list is pretty much what do we see we have tesla ford toyota and then one honda mm-hmm if all of us had to guess what the next car in this group would be, what would your guess be? Like number 11? The No, not the number 11. The next company that would break top 10 in most considered electrified vehicle. Huh. So hybrids count as well. Right. 
the thing is Toyota's dominating hybrids right now. So like they're got like I don't know if it's gonna be I feel like it would be an EV. Yeah, I mean so I'm seeing a lot more I'm thinking about Hyundai right now because I see a lot more Ionics on the road. I see I've seen pure electric. And they look really good, and people seem to like them. Love but it. they are definitely still like a once in a while spot for me. I see one like once every two days, okay, or something like that. Um, I don't think Rivian has enough volume. Going down the list in my head, let me go with yeah. Let's go with Hyundai. I think, I think that's, that's what I would say. I see yeah. Ionics are probably the most common thing I see after Teslas and Machis. Oh wait, yeah, let's do that list. Actually, okay, top five. EVs that you see the most often. Okay. So actually, right where I'm living right now, like I drive down this parkway and then I get on 95 and I, I always see a lot of EVs and I notice more and more the non-Teslas. Mm-hmm. So in order, I see the most Model 3s for sure. Okay. By far number one. Then I think it's Model Y slightly ahead of Mach-E. Okay. So I see Model 3, Model Y, and then Ford Mustang Mach-E. Then I think I see Model S, then I think I see. I think, hmm. That's Electric, a good point. I don't see a lot of X's after. anymore. So there's a couple X's, and I'm thinking I see a lot of Taycans, and I'm not sure which I see more of. It might be Taycan. It might be Taycan. I see it because there's a lot yeah. of Panameras, and I see I, they kind of look similar from a yeah, distance. And hard. I feel like I see some Taycans, and I'm not sure, but there's a decent amount of Taycans. Then I see like the occasional Ionic and the occasional EV6, and the rare Rivian, and that's about it. I saw my first EV6 today. Yeah. I was very excited about it. I've seen maybe three Lucids. I think I I've still seen, haven't seen one, one Rivian, uh-huh. but Ionic is Ionic is getting up there. I would go, it's three, then Y. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of Ys, and then a decent gap to Maki, and then a huge gap to like to the rest. Yeah. To the, well, yeah, S is probably in there as well, but still, like, there is a very big gap between Tesla Ford into anything else. But I think that Ionic gap is going to close very fast. I really think, in by the end of the year, we'll be seeing Ionics like we're seeing Machis right now, I, as I long like as that. they're producing fast enough. Right. I like that. So I, yeah, Hyundai is going to be in this list. Or very it could shortly, be I think. F one fifty Lightnings if they play their cards right. It could. Did I tell you I? I was trying to look up to see if they're actually shipping, and I found a F-150lightningforum.com, and <laughs> it is wonderful. It is just, there's actually quite a few out there. There's a lot of people posting pictures of What's them. quite a few? I mean, it's a whole forum of people, and it has a whole section of, like, showing off pictures. So, like, people who have them or just pictures at dealers. So, okay. like, they're out there. They're you can get them. Trickle out, yeah. Um, it's just also just wild going on a forum in 2022. Yeah. The the nostalgia really rolled in about how how terrible an experience that it used to be and how much yeah. more I like Reddit and Discord and stuff like and Twitter. I found myself uh, seeing F-150s on the road and wondering if they were a Lightning or not and like looking for the badge. Oh, the badge. I was going to say, do you speed in front of it for the light bar? Well, or? I didn't want to like, I see you can only get, if you can get close enough to see the badge, that's the easiest way to tell. Yeah. If you see the light bar, yeah, it's a Lightning. But if you get the, if you see the badge, it could also be a Lightning without the, the light bar. But I uh, haven't seen oh, any yeah, yet true. either. No lucids for me. I've yet to see a lightning in the wild, but yeah. I do think they're trickling out there. Yeah. We saw one Rivian the other day on the way home. Yeah, I think I'm at like six total Rivian spottings in the wild ever. That's more than I would have thought, yeah. honestly. Yeah. But I think they're, they are out there. Weird. I love it. Love seeing more.
Well, that's probably a good place to end it for the Waveform EV episode of the podcast. Yes. Waveform podcast. Um, let's wrap it up by figuring out what the answers were to our trivia questions. <laughs> yes. We have a funny behind the scenes <laughs> story for one as well. I don't know what you're talking about. So the first question was when was Internet Explorer first released? Oh, you get one point for the year, another point if you can get the day. You should get a lot of points. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you three points if you get the day. If you get the day, <laughs> you get the on, day. The, on the okay. nose, that'd be awesome. I am only going by, I think, the video that I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to replay it in my head, which was showing market share. And I think Internet Explorer popped out of 0% around 1997. So I'm going to go with 1997. I'm going to go 95 because I'm pretty sure I had written down 27 years old. So... If my math uh, is correct, okay. which let's be real, no, not very confident in math. Twenty-seven. Okay, that's, I mean it's also twenty. Yeah, could be the year before potentially. Okay, but that's what I'm gonna go as in terms of day. I mean, total shot in the dark here. December third, March seventeenth, December third. <laughs> August sixteenth. Totally in the middle of our days. Huh. 1995. 95. You got the day. Yeah, you got the year. I'll take that. Well done. All right. Next question. WebOS was the first mobile operating system to feature multitasking. What company wrote it? So, (laughs) listeners, you didn't hear this. We were recording. We could just play it. (laughs) (laughs) We could just play it. Like, you'll hear it. You won't see it, but you'll hear. The answer is Palm. And it was funny because I, I shouted out Dieter because he likes to bring up Palm and their uh, multitasking UI all the time. And then, you know, just like, we sort of like, sit back in the chairs like, ah, oh, yeah, old Palm OS. I think Andrew. I was or, sweating because yeah. I had no idea what it was. <laughs> yeah. And, and then uh, we gave it away. So Andrew knows the answer now. I do. To be yeah. fair and embarrassingly enough, I was going to guess Apple because just like they name everything something OS. And that sounded very Apple OS. Palm Yeah. I mean, they, well, they called they, it web. It was web OS. So I was yeah. just like, I hear iPad OS, iOS. All well, this they were definitely OS inspired by web OS. Okay. That well, is... there you go. All right. I was wrong. <laughs> well, final scores. Marquez has eight. Andrew, five. Didn't no, you have eight Marquez before? has nine. Yeah, Marquez has nine. Nine, nine, five. nine to five. Andrew, five. Nine to five. Nine to five. Nine to five Apple. Hopefully our Twitter doesn't get deleted because we're <laughs> not 13. <laughs> so thanks for watching nine to five waveform. This has been a, a pleasure. Nine to five uh, EV. Nine to five we're EV. basically nine to five EV at this point. That doesn't exist yet. Nine to five EV. I'm taking that Twitter handle. That's got to be a Twitter handle for sure. Um, anyway, holler at us on Twitter for real at Waveform. And um, yeah, we'll catch you guys next week. See you later. Peace. Waveform is produced by Adam Molina and Ellis Roven. We are partnered with Vox Media and our intro outro music was created by Vane. So. Nailed.